0: all right we're back for episode three of just tell me where to turn i'm tommy lynch he is glenn 311 you can find him on twitter 3 underscore 11 glenn and you can find me tommy 2 underscore 0 This episode, episode 3, represents a really important crossroads for the show. Because we're about to run out of our free allotted space on SoundCloud, and then we got to really do some soul-searching and ask ourselves, are we actually willing to invest $39 to keep this thing running?
1: Well, it's a good thing that we do still have the uh, rotting corpse of a sponsor of VegasBellhop.com, or the the ghost of VegasBellhop.com, so want to thank them again for their uh, cryptic sponsorship, keeping us afloat, at least for now.
0: And for all, for all your Las Vegas travel needs and for some cool insider information right. that only Vegas locals can bring you, visit so VegasBellHop.com.
1: Go, go back in time about six or seven months when the website still existed and then reap all of its benefits.
0: And, and find a heck of a deal stuff. on Mandalay Bay.
1: We'll edit that.
0: Yeah, well, I don't endorse I don't know, that I'm last just part. I'm gonna stick with it. So that's fine if you want to stick with it. Speaking of killing yourself, I've been doing a little bit of running lately. Okay. Lathe. I ran six miles wow, this morning.
1: What a glorious waste of time!
0: I find it's hard to be alone with yourself for that yeah, long. <clears throat> It really starts yeah, to make is, me question uh, everything
1: that is one of my biggest issues with running any significant period of time or distance is just the sheer boredom and the last person I want to be with in that in a setting you know uh, for an extended period of time is just by myself bringing almost yeah anyone else around I completely me. I don't agree need my own thoughts I don't need to drive myself into complete complete and total insanity. So, uh, me personally, I don't argue against the potential health benefits of running and, and you know, distance running, maybe not the extreme distance running, but um, I just, I can't do it. It just beats me into complete submission. I can top out at about three miles, and then I am looking for the closest place to just sit down and just toe trigger myself.
0: <laughs> well, I, I I gotta say I, I got into it because of the health benefits. A couple years ago went in for the old physical and the doctor said, Hey, for a guy your age, blood pressure's getting a little high. Might yeah. want to mix in some cardio every now
1: and then. Yeah, I mean there's some yeah there's some benefit there, but doesn't mean you have to uh, run a marathon and then uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but if you do, then it certainly doesn't mean you have you don't have to put stickers over everything that you that you own or drive, showing everyone the distance that you ran on one particular day,
0: which is just Well, and thats I think that's I think you're touching on something very important here, because by nature, I'm a competitive person, running people. I'm going to be very vague here, we will tell you that running isn't a competitive sport. It's it's you. It's it's about challenging yourself, and it's about finding what your own personal level of fitness is. Well, let me tell you, that didn't work for me. And it really makes me mad, uh, the people that really glorify and rub in their running achievements. Because in my mind, a running achievement is really just proving that you've got nothing better to do and perhaps that you're not even skilled enough at other things to be successful at them. So you have to project all of that success yeah, onto your I running have,
1: endeavors. You know, one theory about this whole thing, my, my long standing or stance regarding uh, distance runners, and this is not universal because none, you know, nothing is universal and applies to a hundred percent of any people in a category. But uh, for a long time,
0: now this isn't going to be you. This isn't going to be you taking a uh, shot yet. at Kenyans We're right now, is it?
1: Not far enough down the, the. My notes or the script yet to get to the get to the Kenyans, but um, my long-held stance on distance okay. runners is that that running and distance running in particular is the athletic accomplishment of the non-athlete. So, the the male or female <laughs> who has no specialized athletic talent, that cannot. Cannot hit a curveball, uh, you know. Can't run a, you know, ten yard out. Uh, can't hit a twenty foot jumper, you know. Anything like that. Can't you know uh, put it on the green with their eight iron from you know 135 yards out. They have no skills, so they have to default to something, and that's why I also think a lot of these people take take such tremendous pride in. Hey, I ran thirteen point one miles. You know, one time I'm gonna post it on the back of my Prius, um, just so everybody knows. Is because they don't have a lot of history of athletic achievements or accomplishments in their past, and I think
0: I, I think you're exactly hitting on what's so yeah. grating about uh, so grading about this. It's people that aren't good at other things trying to convince themselves and by osmosis you and everybody else that what they're doing is really great. When in actuality, they're doing something that literally anybody save our amputee listeners. And I apologize in advance can do. Yeah,
1: if you're willing to put in the time and the effort, as opposed to, I don't know, some other extraordinary talent that, that someone might have. I mean, I going to be honest, Not someone who ever played a sport at a particularly high level. Um, Quit basketball in high school before I ever played on the varsity just from getting burned out of... There's two people in this world that have hated practice more than anything else. Number one is probably Allen Iverson, and number two is me. It's the last thing I ever (laughs) wanted to do is ever just go to practice. I just wanted to play in the games that goes for basketball then any sports now i'll sign up for a rec league and basketball or softball but if you want to have a practice either a gonna probably not show up and if i do you're getting a maximum of about 40% effort because practice is just not it's just not my thing but with that said no huge accomplishments on the basketball court as like playing you know D1 or any professional type league but there was a day there was a day during college where uh, game was pretty good and um, I might have been able to do some things on the court that you know some people couldn't I could throw the ball up off the backboard and catch it and dunk it two-handed not really think that much about it but I didn't have a sticker on the back of my Ford that had a picture of a skinny white guy, you know, Shaq dunking a basketball, so that everybody would know. Hey, by the way, I just want you to know that I can dunk. Here I am, and that's kind of what I. That's what I think of anytime I see those just asinine running stickers on the back of back of people's cars.
0: Well, and I and I think I think too just going further into that overrating the achievement you and i have a funny story because i actually think it was just about a year ago a couple weeks ago that you and i ran a 5k together i don't know if you remember this right down custer road in plano but but i believe that that you especially me i think i had run a little bit beforehand but but we basically rolled into that 5k with with very little training and very little prep work no uh, i'm not overstating that am i no, and I I think I had uh, even done some done some Google research about Well, oh, do
1: wow, I just it had... You? sorry about did that. You, my you, my apologies.
0: Knocked my No, it didn't knock my knock my <laughs> did you? I became overcome with emotion talking about this. But no, I I did I did some I did some some google research about what a good 5k time was and i ended up on a bunch of running forums and they they said oh if you're your first 5k you know don't don't push the pace you know it's very difficult to break 30 minutes in a 5k yeah and you know it talked about not not going out too fast and conserving your energy for the burst of speed at the end and I, i feel like you and i both pretty much rolled out there and I, I i know you you finished about a minute in front no, of me but these, i think we both were under I 25 minutes we were with, with, with essentially no no prep work at all and i think that actually ranked us decently yeah i think near we the top of our like
1: age 23 point. minute range which is not spectacular by any means
0: right but but according to these running blogs, you and I had no game plan. We we had mapped out a plan for the course. We didn't do anything remarkable with our diet. In fact, I think yeah. I saw you eating a yeah, breakfast a, burrito before breakfast we went out. a breakfast
1: burrito in one hand and a, and a lit <laughs> cigar in the other. And they're like, "Hey, how, when is this thing going to start?"
0: <laughs> and right, and here we we went out there and, and uh, it, you know posted a fairly 30, a fairly respectable time uh, against. Uh, against all these people who had been training for weeks for this event. I, 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 I really think that brings into question the whole ranking of athletic accomplishment of, of, of running, especially, especially, you know, anything short yeah, of a mean, marathon. I have
1: respect for the marathon, so don't, don't get me wrong on that. I think it's just some of the uh, bragging about it. And when we go back to the stickers. What I want to see is you've got the 26.2. I need a sticker with your time next to it. Because
0: it I I agree wholeheartedly with that. A friend a friend of two mine hours
1: and fifty minutes or three hours and twenty, I high five. But if it's twenty six point two and it was like five hours and forty minutes, F you, I do not care that you're able to stand up and walk for, you know, the time it takes to watch Titanic two times in a row. I do not Care and as far as like the five k in thirty minutes, I'm pretty sure I could finish a five k in thirty minutes if I was just jumping on a using a pogo ball the entire time. If that's not too dated of a reference <laughs> for, for the millennials
0: out there. Well, I have had two experiences recently where friends on Facebook have run half marathons, posted their times, and uh, I got the calculator out and did the math, and it and it really does calculate out to 12 minute miles which is essentially a run a run walk and and in which again i mean no offense it's fine if you want to go out and do a half marathon and you want to walk and run i have no problem with that i don't even have a problem with you posting your time but don't post your time and say i finally did it I've achieved the half marathon. I've knocked out my goal. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. I'm so excited that I finally did this.
1: No, I mean, if I don't want to hear. Is, it.
0: If you're you not know, under if, nine if minutes a mile, I don't if want to you're hear.
1: Twelve plus, because that's basically a just a normal walking pace. I believe you can walk a twelve-minute mile. If that's your accomplishment, basically just dig a hole and die in it. As far as I'm concerned, I do not care whatsoever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh so, and Sean this Sports is just opinions. a,
1: you know, personal pet peeve of mine with, with well, I don't want to say with all runners, because there are some out there that they're running half, full, ultra, 100 yard, 100 yard, 100 mile runs and stuff, and at, you know, they're keeping six, seven, eight minute paces up. And it's, I'm looking at it and thinking there's no way I could ever do that. I couldn't train. I don't think I could physically do it. Those people get up, Oh, I, but why would have you no want to do it?
0: Why would you want to do that? Yeah. That makes no sense to
1: just, me. I don't
0: Some people want to, I feel like anything short of anything over 45 minutes, the the cardiovascular value to you actually reverses. So we're instead of, yeah. Helping you, it's actually making you closer to, to dropping dead of a of a sudden I mean, it's just cardiac. Different people event. are
1: driven by different things for accomplishment. I mean,
0: and you'd probably be probably bored so. when your heart stopped beating too. Yeah. So why like put yourself in that position? Ultra marathons.
1: Um, some people like to base jump. Some people like other people to pee on them. I don't. You know, you can find anything, and you're going to find a human that's going to enjoy it. So. We we mock I think what we don't understand and it makes it more fun, so. But yeah, I guess the overall message is, um, if you want to get some cardio and help your heart out, fine. But distance running sucks.
0: Yes. And don't tell me about it. The only thing I want to hear about le- hear about less than your run yeah, is probably your fantasy team or your break.
1: I could not agree more.
0: No, and take my advice. I I downloaded a RunKeeper app, and the very first thing I did when I downloaded the app was turn off the sharing feature. Because I don't think that you need to know what I'm doing, and I don't think you care what I'm doing.
1: That is fun, though, to run, say, something that we would run, like a 5K, and run it with someone who runs all the time, who has the run-on gear from head to toe and... They've gone through all the preparation and everything, and then show up in your, you know, questionably worn out running shoes with some basketball shorts and just whatever shirt that you grabbed. You don't even stretch. You're still sipping on your Dr. Pepper like 10 seconds before it starts, and you go ahead and just outrun them by a minute and a half. That, now that is a good, that's a good feeling.
0: That's a good feeling of satisfaction. You brought up run on, and I really wish you didn't because now it's put me in a totally different frame of mind. But I don't know that I that there's a more condescending store to go into.
1: Only have you uh, ever had experience going in there? A couple of the five Ks that I've participated in, where that's how you where you went to pick up your gear, or, you know the freebies they give you out, and like your whatever the tag. But,
0: but, uh, no, but have you ever no, done a I've transaction with it? Have you ever there, bought some nice uh, shoes? They, they don't
1: have anything that I need.
0: Well, I was the recipient of a run-on gift card for Christmas. That some relatives took notice of my recent fondness for running and thought it would be a nice thought. gift, and but it was. I, it was a good thought. It was a good thought, but that actually meant that I had to go in and interact with the people that work there, and that was yeah, one of the more condescending experiences of my life.
1: Probably... Uh, Get in our car that was recently wrecked by a Chinese lady and drive down 75, open up the sunroof and just throw the card up in the sky and just keep going. So back to your story.
0: Well, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would I wish I would have done it because I, I, I go into run on and the guy that comes to help me, he says, what are you here for? And I said, well, you know, I got a gift card for well, Christmas. The, I well, really like to get some well, nice I guess running there shoes.
1: Could be different things, but it's not like you're looking for us.
0: Well, they have like that. They have like that <laughs> stuff you can put on your balls to keep it from chafing. So, so there's you, other things there than confused. just shoes. You may have been
1: there for like a baseball helmet or anything.
0: Okay. No, I I, I think we were pretty clear on that. But but I uh, I you know I I, I he asked me. If I was a heel striker or a toe striker or a mid striker and I looked at him like I had no idea what he was talking about because I didn't have any idea what he was talking about. And then he said, well, why don't you try in a few pairs of shoes and I'll watch how you strike the ground with your foot. So he's going to basically make me run across this store. And there's a lot of people in the store. I'm not particularly wanting to be the guy running across the store, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to do it. So I take off the shoes that I'm wearing and he looks at my socks and he goes, are those the socks you run in? And I said, well, Yeah. He said, Well, you can't run you in those socks. Those are cotton socks. He says, "He says You have to wear synthetic socks to run. So now, you know, we're already starting the upsell. Well, he won't even let me try on the shoes wearing my socks. He goes and gets a pair of synthetic socks because yeah, that's off, the way the shoes I are don't supposed have to feel. do
1: anything, you say, I'm just here for shoes. So just sell me shoes. I can handle the socks.
0: Well, and I don't know, Glenn, I don't know if you listened to episode two of our podcasts, but as my gym story would tell you, I'm not very good at telling people no. And I'm not very good at uh, stopping salesmen from doing their full-blown sales. Well, job. what you should have told
1: him was, hey, buddy, I'm like running a couple miles here and there. I'm not running to Nairobi, okay? So we're just going to stick with these uh, nice Converse ankle socks and show me some new balance so I can just get the F out of
0: here. Well, basically the opposite of everything you just said is exactly what happened. And ended up spending three times the amount that was on my gift card, which was the least expensive of the three options that were presented to me. And when I told him I wanted to go with the least expensive option, he actually made me try on the most expensive one more time to make sure I was really sure those were the ones I wanted.
1: What an ass. I guess he's just being a salesman, though, so... To a certain extent, I guess I can't blame him. But no, I've never.
0: Well, well, when when I'm gonna when I'm gonna get my ranking of condescending stores, and I'm working on this list, I, I I've got it pretty. I feel like pretty any well I walked
1: in sport. there, I just see an array of like pastel colored tank tops and goofy looking hats that only white people that I don't like would wear. And then there's, uh, yeah, and I, no, had, I,
0: I think that pretty much sums it up. That's pretty I have much a no perfectly stupid fact,
1: Unless for some reason I run across needing synthetic socks for some reason. Now I, now I know where to go.
0: Well, if you're not Apparently, wearing them, you're doing because it wrong. the last I time I ran in cotton
1: socks, my my foot exploded and I, you know, launched up into the air. Right yeah, right after right, your twenty three yeah. <laughs> minute five k. Right after I, you know beat the, the person who's been training for six months by, like, a good quarter mile.
0: You beat the person who had a personal right. race Meanwhile, plan going into the 5K. I was feed
1: through half of it <laughs> and checking my email and stuff. So, uh, I mean, we could probably go on even further and further on that.
0: Well... But I, I think it it takes us down a good path, which is just the that um, kind of the idea of athletic feats by the untrained, while sometimes funny as we've documented, also lead to great opportunities to wager money. Okay. Are you familiar with Dan Bilzerian I of am Instagram not fame? I need
1: to educate me on that.
0: But let me educate you a little bit. One one is if you want to follow him on Instagram, the NSFW applies in a big way to this guy. But he's a very eccentric character. He he is debatably on the wrong side of the law for embezzling $50 million, but he's a very wealthy individual, very eccentric individual, very big gambler. He, He maintains a home in Las Vegas and a home in Los Angeles, California. He's famous on Instagram because he always has women and guns and just preposterous situations around And he, He's really one of those people that the fact that they have a lot of money, he's not going to leave anything on the table. He's, I think, 35 or six years old at this point. He's wow. already had three heart attacks, and all three of them were the result of cocaine use, massive cocaine use, and in one of the situations, he had a heart attack. He went into the hospital was in the hospital being treated for the heart attack and had another heart attack because he was using drugs while Let's he was living in the, the dream. So what ended up happening is that a poker game with this guy, uh, he plays in a in a high roller poker game. The bet was thrown out to him that I bet you couldn't ride a bicycle from your home in Los Angeles to your home in Las Vegas in less than forty eight hours. And I believe it's a three hundred and 60 i think 368 miles was the total okay. amount of the round trip and he's he's not in bad physical shape other than the fact that he's had three heart attacks and he's still in his 30s but uh, he's not a fat guy he's you know he, he probably does steroids he's kind of got that steroided outlook uh and he accepted the bet and i think the time frame that he was okay. given so was this one month just to the
1: moment you got to go do this
0: it, the bet was agreed upon spur of the moment. The agreed-upon number was $1.2 million, and, and <sighs> he, had a, yeah, he had a month to train. So what what would you do if you had essentially unlimited access to cash and you had a month to train? What would you do? Who would you Lance call? Lance Armstrong? Yes. That's exactly what he did. I kid you not. He he had to agree to make a $25,000 donation was, to the Lance Armstrong Foundation, and Lance How's flew that out. That was a
1: worthy investment.
0: it's a it's an incredibly worthy investment so lance lance flew out uh did some training with him and he actually rode kind of a recumbent looking bike i don't know if that was a conscious decision that it's easier but he completed the task actually yesterday he and he did he he made it in under 48 hours and beat the time now there was some controversy in how he bent the rules and the rules were very clear that he couldn't traverse any of the miles in a motorized vehicle. He couldn't use any kind of motorized assist. But this guy also is a professional gambler and a pretty sharp guy. So what he did is he alleges that he spent over $100,000 of his own money prepping and preparing for this trip. Because one of the things he paid for was a off-duty police escort all the way to make sure the road was clear for him, which is pretty smart and safe if you can invest in it. But What he also did, which is one part genius but also one part seemingly shady, is he paid to have this huge van where the back door swung out to create basically uh, an air draft vortex to ride directly in front of his bike so that he's riding right behind this bike basically in zero wind conditions the whole way, which is kind of genius. uh,
1: Dale Earnhardt Jr. wasn't available. Or anything like that for him to draft off of, so that's his next. His <laughs> to next drive the best car. Point. So, but.
0: no, but he did have he did have a motorhome full of strippers also following him as part and of his entourage. He and I'm not got got making Got to choose
1: up. his own bicycle, I guess.
0: Yeah, and it was a you know obviously it was it was a recumbent. It was a fairly high dollar high dollar model. He, he spared no expense on this, but he won. In the end, one point two million dollars. So the any amount of money invested was obviously money.
1: I I would consider. uh, I I couldn't offer quite the one point two million to you for for you to do this, but I. One stipulation would be that you'd have to use the Bruno bicycle. For the for the entire trip, (laughs) I might give you you know like eighty four hours instead of forty eight, but it's it's Bruno bicycle the entire way
0: there. Can you Uh, imagine how sore you'd be? Is there even any way to quantify how uh, sore you'd be? I don't know.
1: Maybe you have to run like an ultra marathon and then tell everybody about it. That's really
0: the only way to know. Well, what would the sticker be like for that, for your proposition? Would that even be something that you could put on a vehicle with it being legal?
1: I imagine it just involves like the stick figures just positioned in, in awkward fashion. That's the only thing I can think of off the top of my
0: head. Well, yeah. Well, well, the reason the reason I've even told you this incredibly ridiculous story, other than the fact that it's amusing, is it actually prompted a bet that's going to take place in Plano uh, okay. tomorrow. Okay.
1: And this is uh, this is someone you know apparently who's involved in this.
0: Yes, it is. It is so. I participate in a in a monthly poker game, and a month ago was right about the time that this Dan Bilzerian bet was first announced, and we were talking about it just like you and I are. We were having a good laugh, and we were talking about hypothetical situations about how you would do it, if he could do it, if it was really that hard, if you weren't trained. Well, there's a guy that plays cards with us who's, again, not in bad shape, but certainly not a trained distance runner, and he said well i could run from my house in plano up to where we're playing cars in frisco next month one Friday you know one month from today uh, in, l- in 2 hours or less and it's a uh, or actually i'm sorry 2 hours and 20 minutes or less but it's a uh, it's a little bit further than a half marathon it's about depending on how well you trust google maps it's 13 and 14 miles how far it
1: is for uh, you know our our listeners that are not familiar with the Plano to Frisco uh, gauntlet, you know, because I'm sure we have people from around the world, Europe and and other areas listening to this, no doubt. So we need to be specific.
0: Well, yeah. Obviously, given your amount of credibility in the European community, being that you host people from Europe in your home, you take them on vacations, we'll clarify this 13 and a half to 14 miles. And we're not talking about on a track. We're talking about along some really busy streets and the other stipulation is that this bet had to take place right before our poker tournament which is on Friday night. So essentially you're going to be running through rush hour traffic from one large city to another large city where traffic is notorious on Friday nights for being abysmal. It's it's essentially you're going to be running through bumper to bumper traffic in major intersections all the way with 1 month to train and this is the individual that was doing this had never run anything probably further than so maybe 5 or 6 at miles all the in one sitting and to stop and no recent running experience at all excuse me well i mean that's really a personal choice i mean it's well, it's how much true. risk you're comfortable with there's no there's no rule that says you can't go out there and dodge cars, but I also think you know we, there was a fair amount of money put on this wager, but it's not anywhere close to 1.2 million dollars. It's certainly not enough to uh, to put your life uh, at risk for. But what the debate really centered around was that that, that traffic is going to be the wild card in this bet because the running part of it, while difficult, 13 and a half or 14 miles. At that pace, so the the difficulty in this is gonna clearly be the traffic, because running 13 and a half or 14 miles is not easy for, it's not an easy thing to do, especially with one month of train, but this guy can do it, and and it's not gonna be such a taxing pace that he's gonna to have to run eight minute miles. He can. We figured he can do this running 10 and a half, 11 minute miles. The wild card's gonna be the traffic.
1: Yeah, it's just dodging cars. You
0: could do everything right, you could be prepped, you could be trained, you could get hung up so bad at these intersections that you don't make your time. Or you find yourself in a really desperate position with two or three miles to go where you're having to just get into an all-out sprint, take risks. The, the mind can go a lot of different places. They're all of them very funny with, with how this could work wow. out.
1: And we won't have uh, – will anyone be
0: following him
1: or tracking him in any way or is this just –
0: So essentially there's going to be tracking through a running app. So there'll be a live stream, you know, just to avoid any funny business. And and there's not a lot of concern that there's going to be any kind of cheating or any funny business going on. But the support team is essentially going to consist of everybody that bet that this guy's going to make it. And everybody that bet against him isn't going to do any – not going to lift a finger to help. Okay. I got you. So there's going to be some some planned uh, meetups to switch out water bottles and some other things. Uh, he, you know, he, he's been really funny. He didn't know anything about running. He's gone and bought some running gels and, and different nutritional supplements that you eat along the way. And, uh, and I'm in the corner of betting that I think he can do it. So I've actually been assisting a little bit in the training. And what that culminated with is a, uh, a 10 mile test run that occurred about nine days ago. Uh, and again, for our, For all of your European friends, uh, he essentially ran all the way down Legacy Drive, starting in Central Plano all the way up to Main Street in Frisco on this test run. All right. What that would mean to our European friends not familiar with that is it's really a really busy intersection through several commercial areas, crossing two major highways, Dallas Tollway and 121. Okay. And he... Uh, and
1: did he uh, did he go into a run on store before this, as part of the preparation, and get any of those? What was the guy selling the synthetic socks for his balls or whatever?
0: <laughs> no, but he did he did go on a uh, online shopping spree, which included buying a product called the Honey Stinger. I don't know if you're familiar with that or that not. That
1: sounds like uh, have to be uh, the Honey Stinger. Is that what you said?
0: The honey stinger. That's correct. They're basically gummy bears for adult runners. I don't
1: know. It sounded like something that we would need an explicit warning for, uh, for this episode.
0: I don't think I want any, well, I'll tell you what, I think it might raise your tea a little bit, but we don't need a, we don't need a warning. But what he quickly found out is that there's, there's a stretch of legacy drive that's currently under construction that has sidewalks on both sides of the street closed. I think that's going to be the most dicey part of the run. We did this on a Saturday afternoon. Traffic was pretty light. I think at rush hour, you're pretty much going to be running right next to people's doors and side view mirrors, trying to get through this stretch of road uh, in a reasonable time. Wow,
1: this is this could be one of our history's greatest athletic accomplishments if it's if it's
0: pulled off. In another, in another funny. Funny aside is that the the weather looks like it's shaping up to just be absolutely terrible for this run tomorrow, and it was very clearly stipulated that the run has to happen Rain tomorrow, and it has yeah. to ha- it has to happen and it has to start at 5 p.m. tomorrow, and he has to arrive at the poker game before the poker game starts at seven. He has to arrive before 7:30. the The stipulations are clearly in place. It's essentially a straight north run, a little bit uh, a little bit to the west. There's a cold front coming in tomorrow. The wind's going to whip around and be blowing straight, straight into him about 15 or 20 miles an hour. It's supposed to be raining. What a it's going to be a complete, complete disaster, uh, beating of of a run. Well, uh,
1: certainly uh, wish him well if he pulls it off. I really feel like it's, you know, it's the miracle on ice. It's the four minute mile being eclipsed, and then it's this. Those are probably the top three ever.
0: Yeah. Or or just maybe just some random person finishing a five K out open.
1: And, you know, putting a a sticker on their, the bumper of their Taurus so when they pull into the new Froyo shop they can show it off to everybody.
0: But as an exclusive for just tell me where to turn listeners, there's a very good chance that provided that no death occurs, that we for our next episode, episode four provided that uh, our financial wherewithal allows us to make it, we could have this individual on as a guest to talk about his experience, be it positive, negative, whether or not he won the bet. Okay. Or if he met with some catastrophic failure, perhaps diarrhea. Oh, there's going to the be that.
1: I think it's just a matter of whether he... Perhaps
0: honey stingers have a negative effect on the valves that we haven't even yeah, considered. It's just yet. whether he
1: survives or not. It's a strong possibility. So it's, if we're talking to him live and in in person or if it's from the grave and we've got to do some kind of a some kind of a séance to you know raise his spirit for you know a matter of minutes it could certainly, so we can
0: it could it could certainly happen yeah, that way so
1: the that would probably be uh, setting podcast history I would imagine if we raised the dead regarding a distance running interview that nobody's done that before <laughs> there's there's no way
0: That'll be tri- difficult to fit into the dis- podcast description, but the the main takeaway from the ten mile test run was that the shin splints that he's experiencing now are are absolutely unimaginable. He he broke every rule of thumb for running. He he basically escalated from running three or four miles to running ten. He's been taking ice baths every night. He's wearing compression sleeves on his shins. He's in bad shape. There's a lot of there's a lot of really really sketchy elements in play. He's been wearing a heart rate monitor that's indicating that he's not in any kind of shape to do this run. He he ran a 3-mile test run his heart, heart rate was peaking at 210. Oh this is uh he this is not this is not an advi- no, well advised uh well this is plan. not
1: well this is not well thought out. So all right. Well, I guess we'll see how it turns out tomorrow and then uh, after that, hopefully we'll be attending or participating in a podcast with him as opposed to attending his funeral.
0: I I agree, but perhaps if there is a funeral we can broadcast from
1: there. Uh probably we could probably do a pre and post post service. I think we could I think we could manage that. I want to be classy about it if it if it goes that route.
0: Right. But I, I think it's the least we could do for, for our listeners is to is to make sure we cover this full yeah, story. I agree. So what else do you want to get to? Well, maybe we should segue a little bit into our planned uh, SG vacation that we have on the books now, perhaps for uh, Labor Day weekend, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, there will be
1: several of us traveling, uh, at least potentially, during that weekend, uh, doing a little bit of a baseball trip. Should be pretty fun. So, what we've got? um, We've got a game in Pittsburgh, a game in Baltimore, and a game in DC on the on the schedule. I think that's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we, I think the plan is we're going to fly into Pittsburgh. We're going to get catch a, a night game in Pittsburgh, drive to Baltimore, and then a little D.C. Labor Day, celebrate our freedom, uh, 4.05 first pitch. Oh, there's – I think you're pretty excited about that. You get to see your favorite baseball player live in person. no
1: question that I will be celebrating our freedom, firing a gun into the air, and what I think is still the murder capital of uh, of the U.S. It wasn't one at one time. And looking at the amazing hair and sweet stroke of Bryce
0: Harper, ah, uh, really, really looking forward to that. As he as he just casually jogs out of pop up to yeah, first base, whatever
1: they're going to catch it anyway. There's
0: and then gets choked by Jonathan yeah, Papelbon. Who's that guy? So.
1: Uh, there's no question that I'll be wearing a. Uh, a Harper T-shirt jersey of some type that I will purchase pre-trip or at the ballpark that day. That is going to happen. So just just prepare for that obnoxiousness.
0: Oh, I'm, I I fully expected yeah. that. But one of the elements I'm excited about traveling to this part of the world is a chance for do a little casino gambling along the way, both in Pittsburgh and, and in why Baltimore. not. I mean,
1: if you're going to travel...
0: It turns out there's a Horseshoe Casino less than 1.2 miles from Camden Yards. Wow.
1: That's within easy walking distance, even after maybe like an entire night of gambling.
0: Yeah. I mean, talk about running bets to pay off. How about running from the Horseshoe Casino to Camden yeah. Yards? Hey,
1: if they have a three-card poker table there... They just sit me down. We can uh, hook up the catheter, and then just come back and get me like twelve hours later. And then let's go to the ballpark. <laughs> Sorry,
0: is there any concern, any concern at all from you about running into somebody from the Barksdale crew, Stringer Bell? Uh, no, I think I'm,
1: I think I'm good. I blend in very well, so. I'm not worried about any type. That's of true. Conflict.
0: You do. You you'll actually blend in better than I will there, because you're really among amongst you know your own there. You're you're really more at home in, in Baltimore than yeah. I, I
1: definitely I definitely fit in with the uh, with the community and the environment there. Yeah, you know, grew up on the streets, so but yeah, you know, we don't need to get into all that.
0: No, it's fine. But th- this is going to be an exciting trip, and it really gives an opportunity uh, as we're all making our quest to visit all 30 ballparks, a chance to check three more off the list, including the um, park in Pittsburgh, which I, I'm very excited. I think it looks like probably one of the cooler places that uh, I'll have visited thus far.
1: Yeah, and we've definitely got to go uh, kind of the same same plan as last time. Is In one of these, we need to get some pretty uh, primo seats. We don't need to be sitting... Upper deck at, at all three ballparks. We might go cheap on one of them, but we need some like right behind the dugout. Well, I think stuff.
0: you've 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 made it pretty clear with your financial position these days that pretty much anything less than primo is not going to do it for you. And and I and I embrace that I embrace that outlook as okay. well.
1: Well, I want to basically be sitting in the Nationals' on deck circle. That's really what what my plan is.
0: You you want to be sitting in the Nationals' dugout being choked by Jonathan Papelbon. That's the ticket. You have
1: no idea how many times I've just thought about that and just wished it could happen.
0: But it's going to be. uh, But always remember, bring the lemon wedge. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'll
1: bring just a whole whole bag of lemons. But that should be a pretty good, pretty good trip, and really looking forward to it for sure.
0: Yeah, and and lots more to come on that, including. You know, perhaps the uh, the idea of maybe doing some some podcasting if if there's any way we're still in business by September of this or year, or live for that matter, doing some uh, some baseball park review podcasting maybe uh, after uh, after some um, game nights, if we can pry you away from the three cards,
1: yeah, we can. And there's no telling on the content of that after ballpark adventure and then uh, casino for several hours. That could be that could be the end of a lot of things, but. Eh, seems like it's worth it.
0: I think it's absolutely. So, are you worth
1: going it. to keep up your tradition of buying one of those little pins for for every ballpark that you go to? Okay.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It's one of the best bits I've got going right. It's, it's the only bit I've got going right now, to be those honest. Those
1: are difficult you. to track down because we have literally been to the Baseball Hall of Fame to get some of them.
0: That's right. I, I had to, to back-purchase pins at the Baseball Hall of so, Fame. But no, and I'll, conti- and I'll continue my ranking of stadiums I've been to uh, as far as uh, where they fall in the mix of, in uh, my opinion, the greatest stadium. And I, and I think Pittsburgh could be a player for number be. one.
1: So poor taste if I wear my uh, Montreal Expos shirt to the Nationals game? Or is that keeping up the legend?
0: You see, I feel like that's keeping up the legend. I mean, if I, if I see somebody with a Minnesota North Stars jersey on at a Stars game, I, I don't begrudge them All that. Right.
1: All right. Well, what I'm going to do... I is, would
0: find that in better taste than buying a Bryce Harper jersey while you're there and then sparing us to death wearing it. The yeah, rest I think of what I'm going
1: to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the old tradition of the, the half of one and half of the other. I'll just buy the, the Bryce Harper and just cut it in half and just wear that half over the other shirt. So that I can support it both oh at the gosh. same time.
0: You know, we've got a little bit of time to figure this out, but I would love some kind of bet payoff where you have to wear the Bryce Harper jersey and eye black to that game. <laughs> I just need to figure. I just need to figure out a way to hustle you into the bet.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. Keep me informed. I need some kind of a payoff on the other side, but that is very intriguing. But what would also go with that, if I've got the Bryce Harper jersey on with the eye black, is we've got to be within like the first five rows. So this gets a little potential TV time. If we're up in section 397, then who cares?
0: No, I agree. I agree. And and like you said, if we were going to pull the trigger on primo seats, that may be the time to do it.
1: Sounds like a great plan.
0: How about if I lose the bet, I have to go dressed as Andrew McCutcheon, dreadlock era Andrew McCutcheon with wig and everything?
1: Are you... I, I hesitate to can't believe even say this but
0: all right be careful here because i was just talking about the dreadlock wig that's okay. all i was talking about in a full so uniform you're not going to any other any other potential makeup was okay. not so where you're i was not going to also
1: this. maybe reenact the i believe 19 like 87 film soul man and go just full out <laughs> and how, no, did, how uh, did that's that certainly not where i was made? going what kind of world did you live in 30 <laughs> years ago
0: Well, if you if you would uh, have not stopped watching the Americans, I think you'd have a better idea what kind of what the world was like back
1: there. But I mean, that's just about spies and communism. It's not. Hey, let's make a movie about a guy in blackface. It's just oh yeah, just awful. And it had C. Thomas Howell. Go very easy, right? And I can't believe I know (laughs) that. That's probably the most embarrassing part of the whole thing. Is that I remember who was in it.
0: That is embarrassing. Well, I'm embarrassed yeah. for you.
1: Well, I appreciate your prayers.
0: Of course, so, of course.
1: Uh, speaking of just uh, blatant and obvious racism, I think you're one episode behind on the OJ show.
0: Yes, I am, an, and I have not watched the most recent one, but up-to-date okay. other I'm
1: just gonna, We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but, um, boy, do you have some... Shocking Mark Furman material awaiting uh, your oh eyes and ears in this next episode. Oh it was far beyond what I remembered or recalled. And it is shocking to the absolute highest degree. And there, oh uh, as far as that, that word, which we should never speak, it is spoken. And you see it multiple times in written form as well. So just prepare for that. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And we reached the point, I don't know, I mean, you can, uh, we, we can debate this briefly, but I'm trying to figure out at which point that they lost the trial. I think it's either when they had him try on the gloves or this, when they brought Mark Furman back to the stand and what what he does when he's cross-examined. And that's in the episode you haven't seen yet, but it's one of those two moments, I think, when they truly lost it.
0: What? From what I've seen thus far, they really tried to paint it out as the glove was the was the turning point. But yeah, I mean, I think all those things add up to. I still don't know how they found him. Spoiler alert: not guilty. <laughs> God damn it. So yeah, the finale is next week, and then. Um... So are we assuming that's where they end it? Then they're gonna say you know OJ's not guilty, and then everybody what whatever happens, and then then that's you know hit the credits and that's the end of the series? you think they're going to get into down the line and the the whole second, the civil trial? I think that'll be very... The later arrest for the sports memorabilia issue.
1: If they get that far, that's going to be very briefly mentioned. And I don't know if they'll show any type of actual, you know, footage of anything, or if it'll just be, you know, they put up the scroll or whatever across the screen that you just read right before the credits start to roll. Um, but they might mention it. Otherwise, I think we'll get. The, I think the verdict, and then the immediate reaction of all the major parties, being the defense and like the Goldmans and everything. And I think beyond that, you're not going to get a whole lot. I guess you're going to get maybe some extended response or celebration, maybe from the defense, since this book that the show's based on is more or less based. I think the majority of it on the feedback of Bob Shapiro. So you might see more of the reaction from their side than you do the prosecution.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't considered that. I guess I've just kind of always pictured it ending right as the verdict's read, but I would love for it to play out a little bit more because, honestly, that's part of the story I don't really know much about. You know, what happened immediately after that. I would be fascinated. I don't
1: know if my uh, obsession with this will continue, if that momentum will continue after this show is over, but, I mean, as we sit here right now I'm very motivated when this is over to get the book that it's based on and read that and then do a little maybe get online and do some some of the research online as well and just look into like the whole history in detail of this of the case the evidence just everything now I imagine the show's going to end and then about two weeks later I'm just going to think about that and be like yeah uh, that's Seems like a great idea, but that's maybe the OJ equivalent of training for a marathon. And it's just way too much effort. But <laughs> um, right now, I, I feel like I want to dig into it even further. But one interesting theory that I that I heard, and this is not my idea, it was just uh, something I heard from another party, is that uh, you know what if they ended the show, you know maybe they end it with words up on the screen that it was not guilty and then all the things that happened on that. But the actual, what you see on the show, how they end it was the jury, you know, stands up. Ito asks if the jury's reached a verdict. And they say yes. And then they find O.J. Simpson guilty of murder. And you get the reaction of a guilty verdict. And that's how it fades to black. Wow. Just from the standpoint of... I have not heard that. That would be Back pretty then, cool. Back then it was a probably 70/30, probably 70% at the least of the population that thought he was guilty mm-hmm. and I I cannot you could not convince me that people that are you know were at least around like adult age when that was going on so now 20 years later so we're looking at people maybe 35 to 55 demographic that close to 90% don't think as we where we are right now that he did it. I could be way off on that, but I think it's nine out of ten people think that he did it. So, I don't know, just to take on, that would just be a kind of a weird ending to it, just to be like, hey, this all happened. Defense put up, you know, raised issues that were arguably irrelevant and all that kind of stuff and ended up acquitted, but this dude did it. He murdered two people savagely.
0: That would be a pretty ballsy yeah, way to end. But it. hey,
1: that's an FX thing to do, I think.
0: Hey, FX Fearless. They end
1: all their shows in shocking fashion, whether it's a guy killing, committing suicide, uh, sitting on a toilet after he's murdered his family, or a guy on a. <laughs> after a family yeah, meeting. after a family meeting, or a guy on a motorcycle driving head on into an 18 wheeler. Spoiler alert for you. Um,.
0: Wow! Thanks. I was just getting ready to start that series. Appreciate uh, it.
1: You can uh, foresee that about eighteen miles ahead of that occurring once it uh, <laughs> gets to that point. But I do apologize. Since that show started in like two thousand eight, that I've I've now spoiled it for <laughs> you. But otherwise, very very high quality. So I don't know. Maybe they'll go that route with a shocking type ending. But. Obviously, if I had to bet on it, they're just gonna go with the, the the real deal. But I guess they've stretched the truth in in a lot of things. So that would be the ultimate stretching of the truth. There is one other thing to prepare for in this one is there is a tremendous uh, Christopher Darden just emotional breakdown uh, from like the anger variety during uh, one of the court sessions in this episode, which ap- oh which boy. apparently. Was even worse in real life than it was portrayed uh, on the show. Really? That he just completely lost it. Just out of frustration with what the defense was bringing up, and just trying to steer everything in all these various directions, and bringing in making irrelevant points. That he just absolutely lost it.
0: So wow. So well, I don't remember yeah, that. So, I don't remember that. So man, I've got lots to look forward to, and especially since you're already handing uh, Darden the Emmy. Uh, I guess this helps solidify yeah, that Yeah,
1: I am surprised he wasn't holding it while he was uh, portraying the scene. While he was Maybe flipping two out of them. Let's give him an extra one. He's got two hands.
0: That yeah. he does. So we got anything else for this one? No, I mean I think this is probably a good place to tie it up. We got we've got a uh, you know, we've got a really good tease. I think our you know, next episode will will have a full post mortem and I I hopefully not literally of the run from Plano to Frisco by the untrained athlete and and uh, we'd be getting pretty close on the OJ front too as far as how they tied the series up. Alright. And then by then maybe baseball will have started. Baseball will have started. We can have start breaking down our fan duel plays. We got lots we got lots of I think things are looking up for this podcast, except for the fact that we're about to run out of space on Style Cloud. Yeah, that's okay. Other than that, oh, and that our, that our our primary sponsor's been out of business for nine months. Other than that, I think things are really other than, trending in yeah, a positive direction. other than direction.
1: that, but I mean, I'm pretty sure one or both of us could beat up some homeless and get that 39 bucks.
0: Well, I'm going to start saving, start scrimping and saving, check the cushions of the couch, see what we can right, come we'll up with. i chase
1: that money. I guess uh, let's get out of here and uh, we'll prepare for the... the undead interview of our running participant here in in a few days
0: all right well until until that time sir you stay safe stay very safe